0: Welcome to Present Company, the Netflix podcast that brings you dynamic conversations with exceptional people behind your favorite series, films, documentaries, and specials. I'm your host, Krista Smith. For years, I was Vanity Fair's ambassador to Hollywood, interviewing countless actors as well as creatives and authorities across the spectrum. My passion is talent, any form of it. How do you know you have it? How do you cultivate it? How do you protect it? And also, I want to get to the heart of what drives it. On this podcast, I'll be talking to people in Hollywood and far beyond. Thank you for joining me. We have a legend in the house today, people. Mary J. Blige, songwriter, singer, actress, philanthropist, or Queen Mary, as I like to call her. How do I even begin to introduce a woman whose career has scaled such heights? She's sold well over 50 million records. She's had eight multi-platinum albums. She's won nine Grammy Awards. She has five American Music Awards. She also is a three-time Golden Globe Award nominee. And she made history as being the first person ever nominated for an Academy Award in an acting and music category the same year for her work in Mudbound. We had such an incredible conversation. It's all here. How her faith sustains her, the moments in her career that she treasures most, and how her innate survival instinct has always seen her through. It's great to see you, Mary J. Blige. It's (laughs) always nice to see you. (laughs) I feel like you have been a soundtrack of so much of my life. It's so great to bear witness to this moment with you and have you in this chair with me is is really a pleasure. So Thank you. I thank you for that. And you were just getting honored the other night, got a Lifetime Achievement Award from BET, and Rihanna came on stage in all her glory and gave a beautiful introduction in which she talked about how you basically paved the way for so many other women to be ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I took a moment and I took that in and i was thinking about all the stuff that you've been through how much life you've lived in your nearly 30 years in in music and acting and just in performance how did it feel to sit in that
1: moment and hear that oh man it was um it was rewarding it was a huge blessing it was an amazing moment of glory you know it was just a moment where I felt like the glory was being placed on me. And I just felt so, so grateful to just be here, be alive, because I've come through so much. And I didn't think I was going to make it through a lot of it. And the world didn't think I was going to make it through a lot of it. But I was there, sitting there, to hear Rihanna, you know, uh, another generation um, female say those things back to me. And I'm here receiving My flowers and my blessings and glory. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not on a cane and 80 years old. (laughs) And still performing, by the way. You got up and did
0: an amazing performance, too. Thank you. And you're about to go on tour, right? You and Nas are going to go on, or you're
1: in the middle of a tour. We are gearing up to go on tour. I'm in rehearsals. Every day right now, dance rehearsals, band rehearsals. And what is that day like
0: when you're rehearsing with dance and band and voice and everything? Is that a 16-hour day?
1: What's that look like for it's you? It's a long day. I mean, because I start off with workout, like 7.30 in the morning. And then I do a bunch of phone calls and conference calls in regards to what the stage is going to look like, what's the lights going to look like, what's the videos going to look like. Then I go to rehearsal. So the whole day is going, going, going. But what I don't do is I don't sing all the time because I need to save my voice and Mm -hmm. I just give instruction on how I want the songs to go along with the MD. What do you love about touring? What's the pro and the cons of it? Well, the pros are you connect with the fans. That's the best part. You have a straight connection. They're singing all the songs. It's just another one of those gratifying moments where you're just getting all the love back. And the cons are just traveling (laughs) just makes you really exhausted and you have to build yourself back up spiritually, physically, mentally, in every way because you do get drained. Mm -hmm. How important is faith to you in your daily life and in your musical life? Faith is extremely important to me. Um, It's number one, actually, because there is no daily life. There is no music life. There is no movie life, there's nothing without faith, without having something to lean on to strengthen you because the world is a drain and drain draining place. There are doors being slammed in your face. There are things that are going on that you have to be strong about. And so faith is everything because it teaches me I am what I am, whether you approve of me or not. Where did you find that strength? Because,
0: you know, your, your story is well-documented through your music and just by surviving and, and having so much success, there's been so much attention on you. And you've been so candid about some of the trauma that you've experienced in your life and through your upbringing. Did you always have that inside of yourself or did you have to find it?
1: I think I've always had a survival instinct because myself and my mom and um, my sister, we grew up in an environment where it was almost like prison. You know, the projects and Slow Bomb was Mm -hmm. Yonkers, was like war. (laughs) And so we were seven years old when we moved into that environment. And the day we moved in, it was war. It was on. You know, it was like we have to fight for our lives. So by the time I'm a teenager, I have all types of survival skills. So I just pushed and pushed and pushed, whether I was afraid or whether I was hurt, whether I was embarrassed, whether I was ashamed. I pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed until I couldn't push no more. I started using all types of substances to push further. That's how I learned. I learned through trial and error and all types of hell. Was there music in your life all throughout this period? There was music in my life ever since I was a child. Um, My mom was a singer, not a professional singer, but she wanted to be an artist, but she got pregnant and you know, how that happens. Mm-hmm. And when I was growing up, she played a lot of the music that I listen to now. And she would sing these songs and she sounded exactly like the song she sang. And I just I just wanted to be like her. What were some of the songs? She sang Precious Precious by this woman named Jackie Moore, The Staple Singers, I'll Take You There, Gladys Knight, Neither One of Us, and Midnight Train to Georgia was her mm-hmm. big song. Betty Wright, Tonight is the Night. Those was her chicks, Candace Staten. She used to always sing Young Hearts Run Free by Candace Staten. And I didn't understand why she was singing that song until I got older. <laughs> <laughs> Your start, obviously, you know, you were
0: a teenager. You made this tape in a mall. Uh, Andre Harrell famously came to the projects to hear you and meet mm-hmm. you and be like, who are you? This is incredible. And basically signed you on the spot as a kid. Mm-hmm. Right. You were a kid. Yeah. And you release an album what's the 411 and the money's coming in did anybody help you navigate fame or
1: navigate success no i had to learn on my own that's why it was hell i had to learn about economics i had to learn about money and saving money and what i had and what i didn't have i had to learn about reading contracts on my own i had to learn everything on my own how to trust people who was robbing me who wasn't i was all by myself my family was still in the projects. So my goal was to make sure I made enough money to go back and get them so they can be safe. Then, you know, there were people like Puff that, you know, helped me, you know, by example, like I watched him. But it was hard. And you and Puff had a great
0: relationship. You have publicly credited him for helping you in that early part of your career and also in defining who Mary J. Blige was publicly.
1: What I loved about him and still love about him to this day, he he just knows how to see you. He saw me like I was a tomboy. I was nothing, was nothing ladylike about me. So he knew, ah, let me just throw her in a baggy Armani suit and turn her hat back. He saw that I had to grow into it. That allowed me to grow as long as he didn't push me in a corner. He's been nothing but a blessing in my life because he was like the only man guiding me you know and he actually reminded me of my dad a lot and he's still one of my biggest inspirations mm-hmm. still a motivator and it's interesting because you you had such strong male forces obviously in hip
0: hop and in the music industry it's all men yeah mm-hmm. it still is it's a wonder that for you being the youngest female or youngest artist ever signed to uptown records and having those two guys like Harrell and Puffy big voices still being able to hold your own is
1: remarkable. I feel like you have a healthy dose of male in you. I guess that's because my mom had to be the male and the female. She had to be the mother and the father. And that was instilled in us because we had to be in this environment we lived in. We had to be a man and a woman in order to survive. Like, we had to know how to beat a guy up or know how to fight (laughs) because we didn't know what kind of situation we was going to get in. And we had to learn how to be women and keep ourselves together and keep ourselves clean. So by the time I got in the music business and I was surrounded by men, they all respect me because that's how I carry myself like a man and a woman just, <laughs> is what it is. And I still have that. I still lean towards a masculine side. And although I've grown into a woman, I don't know. It's just the way I think. You know? No, it's true. But <laughs> it's it's an advantage. I think it's like a superpower. Yeah, you know, is mm-hmm. is
0: you never, despite the the trauma you endured, you never were a victim.
1: Exactly, I, I, you couldn't become a victim because when you started thinking like a victim, you lose, you lose, you die, you get hurt really bad. And I was hurt really bad when I was a small child. Mm-hmm. So I I already had it in me that that's never going to happen again. I'll kill somebody. You know, like, w- whatever situation I'm in, I'm going to hurt someone if that happens again. And it hurt me so bad, I didn't tell my mother until I was, like, almost 40. Right.
0: We're, we're talking about being... You were molested yeah, when you were five. I, I, yeah, I didn't, tell, I, I
1: didn't tell my mother for... Until I was, uh, like, almost 40 years old. So I was like, that's never going to happen again. I don't, and, and and I don't know how. I just have this instant... This thing, you know, if, if trouble's coming, I either leave... Or I address it, you know, and I'm. but I never had any trouble in the music business. Every male that I've ever worked with, every body that I've ever been, I've never, they've all respect me and still do to, to, to the utmost. And I guess that's the way I carry myself. Mm-hmm. What does acting bring that music doesn't for you? Acting brings a challenge, something fresh, something new to learn. But acting and music are the same thing when it comes to being cathartic and having a way out of something and becoming something else to escape something, becoming something new. Your performances have
0: such strength to them, but yet it layers over this vulnerability, which is what I think makes you so watchable on screen Mm. uh, and certainly in Mudbound. And you got nominated for an Oscar for that role. And you also wow. got nominated for Best Original Song. Tell me about that night.
1: Tell me about what that was like. I felt like I was dreaming from the time that the, the nomination happened and I was in my bed and I jumped up yelling and screaming. <laughs> and from then, I mean, it just was a dream, a dream, a dream, a dream, like a dream come true. And I felt like Cinderella on the night of the Oscars. It was just, wow, was, i, I I didn't have a date. I guess God was my date because <laughs> mm-hmm. I was just, I was so elated. It, I just felt so light, so happy. In the midst of all that, I was going through a terrible divorce and having mm. to pay alimony, and it's just that didn't affect me at all. It was
0: an amazing night. Your personal life's in in turmoil, or you're dealing with it, and your professional life is just couldn't be at a at a bigger high.
1: <laughs> That's real life. When everything's right. shiny and squeaky clean, it's always. Oh, look at this. This is terrible. But you got this. Look at this. This It's, you know, always light. It's always a silver lining. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) And you've been acting your whole music career, basically. I mean, you were in the Jamie Foxx show. You've Mm -hmm. done parts (laughs) along the way, how to
1: get away with murder. It's something that's always interested you. Yes. It has interested me since I was seven years old. It was a Christmas play, and we did so well that people were talking about us around the school, and my, my music teacher, Miss Sweeney, she was like, everybody loved you guys. And just to hear that everybody loved us was like, oh, OK, I'm going to do this. But in the environment that I lived in, I couldn't be that open even as a seven year old child. So when I got in the music business and I became successful and then the acting came, it was like, OK, here it is. It's back again. Let's do it. And you're not typecast either, because it could be easy for someone to look at you
0: and and typecast you as a certain way or strong and opinionated and all this. But you're not. And when I saw you in Cha-Cha, which I love, the Umbrella Academy, (laughs) you. you play an assassin. But yet you have this relationship with your partner that's so empathetic and you guys have this great chemistry. And even though you're killers and you're really good at it, there's this... Empathy behind it. Is that intentional?
1: Yeah, because Cha-Cha loves Hazel, and Hazel loves Cha-Cha. And Cha-Cha is the boss of everything, period. (laughs) But Hazel wants to waver and go do other things. He's tired of Mm -hmm. being that person. Cha-Cha is never tired of being a murderer because that's all she knows. Cha-Cha loved Hazel because he helped her do what she loved. (laughs) <laughs> it's so fun. <laughs> it's so physical. How cathartic was that to be so physical? I loved it. I, I loved it. I needed it so bad. I needed to learn martial arts. I needed to learn how to shoot every gun. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just needed that. Why is just, that? Because I was, um, I was in a very dark place. I was in the middle of, you know, the divorce and I knew I couldn't bring it to the streets like that and end up in jail. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the movies are for. <laughs> so I took all of that to the movies, <laughs> to to Netflix, and I just gave it all to Cha-Cha. And I, and I just made her so serious that she was almost funny.
0: <laughs>
1: Whether it was divine
0: timing or not, it's a great character. <laughs> Is there anything that stands out if you were to pick, like, the top moments in your career that are most important to you?
1: There's two very strong ones. The first one is the inauguration for President Obama. Singing there that close to him. Michelle and their children, they were like right there and they were cheering me on. And the more they cheered me on, the more I went crazy, you know, mm-hmm. singing harder and getting really getting into it because I'm like, oh my God, like I haven't even met him yet. And he was just cheering me on. I was like, this is another dream. Mm-hmm. I can't even believe this is happening. And then the Oscars. Those two moments are just <laughs> <laughs>
0: Wow. That was incredible. I-, I remember seeing Mudbound, I think it was at Sundance, and we mm-hmm. talked. I you came in, I know I talked to Dee Reese, the director of it, mm-hmm. and couldn't believe I was watching you that that was you on screen as that character. And the, you that I knew, you know, that I mm-hmm. loved and bought those albums and tried to not really emulate but wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> no.
1: uh, and to see that moment was just incredible for you. Yeah, I'm so grateful to Dee. Every single day going there was a pleasure. Dee knew what she wanted. There were women everywhere. And it was such a smooth running set, like, we got the shots so quick. I didn't think we we got them. I was like, we got it. He's like, yeah, go to lunch. You know, yeah. we got. It. So it was it was man. It was just a blessing all the way around. And to be Florence was just a blessing because Dean and Florence actually gave Mary J. Blige a whole lot of everything that you're looking at right mm-hmm. now. A lot of courage, a lot of confidence. How do you
0: handle the dark days now? Because I know they come. Mm-hmm. They come for everybody. Mm-hmm. Like the boredom, the tediousness. The the darker alone moments.
1: Mm-hmm. You just handle them. You just walk. You just live. And if things get too overwhelming, you pray it off and you think something positive. If something negative comes, you say, okay, let me deal with it. If it's really something you need to deal with, you deal with it. And just try to appreciate the day. It's another day, okay? I'm like, I may be crying today. I may be... Not feeling too confident today, but I'm here. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. there's such
0: relevance in being present and in the moment. And I think a lot of artists are always living, you know, in fear or living, you know, living four or five steps ahead as opposed to right in the moment.
1: Right. You're only going to go where you're supposed to go, so you might as well wait. And I think patience is the big thing for everyone now. Even me, you know, I, (laughs) I have a patience problem. But (laughs) I think I'm being tested and tried. Is that one of your imperfections that we learn to love? Yes. Oh, what are
0: you impatient about? Sitting in a car in traffic, (laughs) yes.
1: (laughs) And I laugh at myself. What's another one? Uh, I I don't want to tell you. (laughs) I'll just give up that one right there. Okay.
0: So how are you feeling now on the precipice of a tour? Got the Oscar nom on your resume now. You seem to be doing great after the divorce. You look like you're on top of the world. Is there anything else that you want to do? Well, right now, I'm doing exactly what I want to do. It's exciting. So mm-hmm. what what are the fans of of your music? What can they expect for the tour? What what do you got in store for them? Can you tell me anything?
1: You know, my fans, they love the music periods. You know, it's the tours myself and Nas, Nas is another classic artist, who's a prophet, who's just amazing, and he's got a a lot in store for them. I have a lot in store for them. Uh, When you're writing
0: your music or thinking of your music, does it come to you all the time, or does your genius come out in the morning or after dark? Early, early, early in the morning. Early. (laughs) And are you coming out of sleep, basically? Yes. Wow, so it's in your subconscious, Mm -hmm. these things are coming through. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then what do you do when you're on vacation, like when you have nothing, when you're not prepping for a tour, rehearsing for a movie and going over lines or reading scripts, like when it's just your own time? What do you do?
1: Like binge watch something on Netflix, like something I miss. Right now I'm stuck on the Game of Thrones, like stuck. I think I'm on the one where they throw Cersei in the prison yeah okay oh that's getting good that's getting good oh it's this. It's, <laughs> they it's, cut the hair oh so yeah it's so good it's so it's just like wow yeah. it's crazy yeah the acting the costumes the effects the, the I don't want to say anything but it's just crazy the thing is just crazy it's, it's just crazy <laughs> it's a commitment too uh and then on vacation you just chill do you like sun is that I love sun I need sun. I'm on vacation. I'm in the sun. I need to come back maybe two layers darker than what I am. And I love, you know, just eating in the sun and drinking in the sun. And just, I just love the sun. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I'm going to ask you these questions I ask
0: everybody. So, what are you reading? Right now, a script. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. What are you eating?
1: Well, right now I'm eating soup, which is pretty Pretty good. Pretty filling, And you lose the weight. All right. What are you listening to? I listen to her radio. Hers, she's an amazing artist. So on her radio, you get Ella, you get her, you get Queen Naja, you get Summer, you get all those girls. And I love, love them. And then I have my own old school playlist. It's just old school fire. You would love it if you heard it. Yeah. I want that. Can I get your playlist? No, not... <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm going to get you one. In all your free time, I want you to, to send me a playlist. I would love that. Um, all right. My last question for you as an actress. Is there anybody, living or dead, that you would want to play that that you've been thinking about that you, you'd want to do?
1: Yes. I always wanted to play Nina Simone. Always.
0: That's on my bucket list. <laughs> all right. We'll put it out there in the universe, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, it was so great to hang out with you. I wish we had more hours. We could continue to chat and solve more problems of the world. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's always nice to
0: My- be you. Mudbound and The Umbrella Academy, streaming now on Netflix. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you've been listening. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Krista Smith. Present Company is produced by Netflix and Gimlet Creative. Join me next time for more meaningful conversations here at Present Company.